The landscape of North America's networks is rapidly evolving. New technologies like 5G carry a lot of promise to redefine the way we do business, learn, and connect with one another. But we're not there just yet. From the budget to build, software to secure, and spectrum to support all use cases regardless of locale, a lot needs to happen before everyone can tap into its fullest potential. Tune in to Nokia today, where we discuss how policymakers, enterprises, and industry leaders are working together to bring today's network capabilities to scale for the future. Thanks for joining the Nokia Today podcast. I'm Marianne Strobel. Overnight, the world has changed. As the COVID-19 outbreak continues to impact the world, people are understandably afraid of the health of themselves and their families. Unfortunately, the real virus is not the only thing spreading. Cyber criminals are exploiting people's fears and using their communication devices as their entry point. Today, I'm thrilled to have a discussion with Nokia security experts, Mary O'Neill, Vice President of Security, and Kevin McNamee, Head of Threat Intelligence Lab. Welcome, Mary and Kevin. Thanks, Marianne. Hi there, Marianne. Thanks, guys, for being here. Mary, you have been involved in a lot of discussions with chief security officers from around the world. What have they been telling you about how the COVID-19 pandemic has influenced their approach to cybersecurity? Well, as you know, Marianne, our, our customers are primarily large service providers and large enterprises with critical infrastructure. So they are already very security savvy. And um, when we last met face to face, you know, the big topic was 5G security. And uh, that continues to be a, a dominant topic as we roll out new networks. But with the advent of COVID, it's also brought a few other security considerations to the forefront. So, you know, one of the big dramatic shifts is working from home versus going into the office. So in general, the organizations have fared you know, very well. But one of the key topics that continues to come up is around endpoint security, since everybody is now working remotely. So that is a, a key topic in almost every conversation. So another key topic is around uh, third-party contractors and suppliers. How secure are they? How well were they prepared to handle the working from home situation. So those are some of the key topics. Is there malware specifically targeting the COVID-19 outbreak? Yes, we at Nokia have our own threat intelligence lab and it analyzes hundreds of thousands of malware samples every day. And we also collect threat intelligence from carrier networks around the world. And uh, so we are in a really unique position especially for mobile networks, in that we are on the front lines of, of the latest research. And Kevin McNamee, who's with us, actually runs that lab, and he released a paper uh, recently on what we're seeing in terms of COVID-19 viruses. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for that intro, Mary. Uh, certainly, uh, the Threat Intelligence Lab has been looking into any specific instances of malware that's related to COVID. And I can give you a few examples. Um, Typically, they're, they're leveraging people's interest in, in the, the progress of the pandemic and stuff like that. So for one of them, for example, is the coronavirus map Trojan. And what this is, is basically, it's a, this is a Windows app that it pretends to be a corona tracking map. 
uh, and it actually looks very similar to one that comes from uh, John Hopkins. Um, it's actually malware. It runs on Windows platforms. And what its purpose is, is to steal user IDs and passwords. So you got to be careful about that. Um, another one is COVID Lock, which is Android ransomware. Uh, and similarly, that this masquerades as an application that's providing real-time Corona updates. Uh, unfortunately, when you download the app and install it, it locks your phone. It asks for $250 worth of Bitcoin and uh, then also threatens to leak uh, your private data and photos and stuff like that. A final example would be the, uh, the Corona safety uh, mask SMS scam. Again, this is a, a, an application that you, you get sent a text message saying you can, uh, we've got good source of safety masks uh, to help protect you against Corona. You download the app and it's really just, uh, it's, it's bogus. But what it does is it then starts sending out additional text messages from your phone to your contact list. And that's the way it spreads from phone to phone. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of these things. That, that, that's scary to hear this. And, you know, as, as we depend so much on devices, uh, communication tools, it really scary that these security thieves, if I can call them that, come in and they just intrude into the network. There's something that I've heard, and I, and I want to make sure I'm, I'm saying this the right way. We've also seen an increase in phishing attacks. What is that? Can you share a little bit more detail about that? So in terms of phishing attacks and bad actors out there trying to steal credentials from, from people, we have noticed an increase in, in phishing uh, using COVID viruses. But what's really interesting, uh, at least in large corporate networks, is that people are being very cautious. So what we haven't seen is we have not seen this lead to a significant increase in phishing-related breaches. You know, if I look at the IT departments, I would say that they've done an excellent job educating people about phishing and phishing attacks. So that what we're actually seeing happening is we're getting more people internally highlighting that to IT organizations, for example, that this could be a phishing email. So people are more on alert during this COVID crisis than they were before. So it, it's interesting from that perspective. Wow. Now, Kevin, I can imagine that with all of these people working from home, it has put a strain not only on remote access itself, but the security associated with remote access. What's Nokia's experience here? Yes, certainly. The, uh, you know, as Mary mentioned, the, the people working from home is one of the major concerns for most of the, the chief security officers and, and the companies she's been, been talking to. Um, for the most part, I think large enterprises are, are fairly well provisioned. They, typically, the employees will be accessing the work network through a secure VPN. Uh, and they've also, in, in, when they get into the office uh, and network, then there's going to be firewalls and intrusion detection systems that will provide that, that type of protection. But I think the thing that's becoming clear is that home networks are not, are not really as secure as the network at, at work. And when you're in an environment and you're doing your communications, you're answering sensitive email, uh, and, and it's the same environment that you're using for business and pleasure. People are, you're, you're, you're surfing the web, you're downloading sort of videos and stuff like that. There is a much larger potential for, for, for a threat. So I think that's, that's, that's a key thing. Again, most work 
computers have antivirus that's very strong. But when you start sharing devices that are, are your sort of regular devices at home, they might not be as well protected. Uh, one of the things Nokia has been bringing to this is we provide the service providers, that's the, the network providers that are connecting you into work uh, with the equipment to be able to monitor traffic, looking for evidence of malware activity. And we've been do we've got a number of uh, our, our customers in, in, in the US, in Asia Pacific and in Europe, that already do this. So they, they can actually uh, monitor what's going on, look for malware activity in the network and, and inform uh, either the enterprise customer or the end user that they've got an issue. And the, the benefit of this is that it's something that's uh, that this network-based detection, it's always on, it's always up to date, and it's always vigilant. So I think that that helps in this situation. Excellent. Now, I've also heard some security concerns about the use of Zoom. What are you hearing? And, you know, what what, what are those concerns? Uh, yeah, Zoom. I mean, that's uh, your video conferencing app, uh, very popular, and it's it's the usage of it has increased dramatically since the advent of COVID. I mean, I know myself personally been having meetings with friends, uh, with with groups uh, using Zoom, and and Zoom is particularly been focused upon because it's very popular, and also they've opened their service up and made it available basically for free to anyone that wants to use it during this crisis. However, you have to be careful because the cyber criminal element is trying to take advantage of this uh, the, this situation. Uh, one of the things to be careful about is to watch out for fake Zoom apps. These are applications that pretend to be Zoom, but they're not. They're actually of malware embedded into them. So that that's that's one thing. And there have been a number of reported cases of this. Uh, I think the other aspect is Zoom bombing is is one of the things that have been uh, has been mentioned. And what this it basically is people can easily guess uh, the ID that has been assigned to the meeting. And then what they do is they, they surreptitiously join the meeting uh, and then surprise everyone there. They're basically just sort of nasty people uh, who are trying to disrupt the meeting. Uh, typically, this is done with, with any inappropriate content, uh, perhaps related to pornography, racism, or hate. And, and it can be very, very disturbing for, for people. So the key thing is that it's access control to the meetings is very important. So you have to make sure that the meeting ID and the passwords that you use to protect that and who you share those links with is, is, uh, is, is well taken care of. So I think, uh, and it's not just Zoom, any, any video conferencing system you're using, you have to be careful of that to ensure your own privacy and safety uh, during the, the video conferencing. Again, that is so scary that, you know, here you could be in a, in a meeting and all of a sudden you just have this intruder come in. And again, the inappropriateness, it just blows me away on that. So, wow, Kevin, that, that's powerful stuff. So how can you deal with these access control issues? Mary, what's your thought on that? Well, one of the areas that uh, we specialize in is access control for our service provider uh, networks. and access control for critical infrastructure. And what's key to that is, is abstracting user IDs and, and passwords um, away from, from the network. So uh, there's technology in terms of identity access management that can, can certainly help with that. So there's technology that can um, restrict you just to be able to log into what you're supposed to be logging into. 
It can restrict what you commands you execute. It can also record everything that, for example, uh, someone working on the network or a supplier or third party, what they type, or it can record any graphical user interface that they launch. And then you have a record. You have a security log of who did what on your network while also protecting the access to that network. Another really interesting technology, you know, and, and I firmly believe in security in terms of using analytics and machine learning to understand what, what's happening in the network. And, you know, using user behavior analytics, you can determine if somebody is, is uh, doing something uh, out of their norm. So you can discover these anomalies of, say, people accessing a part of the network at different times uh, or changing something that they shouldn't be changing. So really it's through the use of advanced technology uh, and machine learning that can be deployed to protect uh, certainly the access control in networks, for especially those that are critical infrastructure networks. Is okay. there anything you wanted to add to that, Kevin? Um, no, I think it's... Uh... You know, it's pretty straightforward that controlling access to the devices in your network and making sure that user IDs and, and passwords and, and access control is solid is, is uh, certainly key to uh, to securing, making sure your network's secured. And in these times, you have to take that extra diligence to make sure that that's, that's been done. I, I think that's the critical message, especially, you know, not only this time, but any time if security is top of mind in protecting your network, this is number one priority. So, you know, we're hearing, especially during this time with healthcare and critical infrastructure, uh, you know, it is top of mind with making sure that A, the infrastructure is connected and B, our healthcare uh, physicians and, and people have access. So we're also hearing some things around some attacks. So Kevin, can you give us any information about this, what you're hearing, and, and what we're doing to, to help the industry, especially in healthcare, on these attacks? Well, yes. I mean, uh, I think one of the major sources of worry is these ransomware attacks that have been, uh, they have also been targeted, obviously, at, at healthcare before COVID. And now that COVID is, is here, uh, the, the danger of these ransomware attacks is is, is, is much larger. Uh, to give you an idea what happens in one of these is that basically a hacker will, or a group of hackers, typically a team of hackers, will break into, uh, into somebody's network, and then they'll get access to their servers, they'll lock it down, and they'll either destroy the information uh, or they'll steal the information and hold it for ransom. Uh, this can be basically shut down things like hospitals and healthcare units for for. for you know, days or weeks, uh, because the, the, the data that they use is highly critical to their operation. So with COVID, uh, since COVID started, we've seen, for example, medical research installations have been subject to these, these types of attacks in, in Canada, the US, the UK and Japan. These are documented cases. There's even in Canada, the government healthcare part of that, they were also sort of, they have suffered attacks in this, this area. Uh, hospitals in the U.S., uh, Spain, France, and, Czech, and the Czech Republic have also uh, seen this type of ransomware attack, where they're actually their their operations are are, are shut down or, or severely curtailed for a period of time. 
And then even in sort of the chemical manufacturing, drug manufacturing, for example, there's been attacks have uh, been recorded in Korea and, and, and in Germany. Um, one of the key ways that these, these people get in there, I mean, these are tar highly targeted attacks. Uh, they're, 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 they're focused uh, is by professional cyber criminals. Uh, but they will leverage credential theft, they will leverage phishing and social engineering. So those are things that educating your your user community and in, in, in your your in, in your the in your company about these types of attacks is one of the ways to prevent it so that they're not going to be gull gullible and lulled into some sort of phishing attack to give people access to the network. Jeez, it's just amazing what people do in their spare time, huh? Well, you know, it looks like we've covered a lot of information uh, during this session, and I, I'd like to ask both of you, you know, for your, your advice and counsel, what advice do you give to stay safe from a cybersecurity perspective during the pandemic? Mary, what's your view, and then Kevin, what's yours? In terms of staying safe, I think everybody has to be vigilant and aware. I think because I am in cybersecurity, I tend to look at things a bit maybe differently and maybe it's it's bad being in cybersecurity because you know you know so much about what's what's happening out there but I'm always very vigil vigilant about what I put out in the social network right very careful about what I post on LinkedIn I protect my personal information and you know, a lot of this is just, to some degree, it's common sense. It, it, you know, if, if it's password protection, it's keeping your own devices safe and changing the passwords and rotating them and, and doing basic type security, keeping devices up to date with patches um, and being aware of what's, what's going on. Kevin, what about you? Uh, I think the for most people, the biggest uh, issue is the fact that we're all working from home these days. And that does change the security perspective. Uh, so it's, when you're working from home, you have to be, you're not being protected by the, the sort of corporate the anti phishing uh, software. You're not being protected by the regular firewalls and stuff. So you have to bear that in mind and just basically take take some more care. You know, certainly people are trying to leverage the COVID topic as a means of, of getting you to click on things and download software. So just be cognizant of that and, and you know, only sort of load software from known trusted sites. Anything that's unsolicited comes through email or text messaging. If it's unsolicited and you're not expecting it, then certainly just don't click on it. Just delete it, get rid of it, because it's probably not not going to be good. And I think, you know, when you're using these video conferencing tools and stuff like that, use the ones you're used to. Don't don't go out and sort of get download some new stuff because somebody's saying it's free and it's better or whatever. You you for business purposes, use the business tools you're used to using. It's do your homework before you click, right? So because there are a lot of these advertisements out right now on video conferencing services that candidly I've never heard of before. So what you're saying is very, very true. If you're not familiar with it and it comes through your email, don't click on it, correct? Yeah, that's that's basically it. I mean, it's just, it's uh, a lot of times it's it, it's it's fairly common sense, but under these sort of stressful times, sometimes it's easier to click than to, 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 to not. So just take some extra care. I think that's the main thing. 
All right. Well, you know, I, I want to thank both of you for sharing a lot of your great information today. And, and a lot of it is what we're under today's environment with security and the situation we're in. So really much appreciate your, your thoughts and also your, your advisement on it. If you want to learn more information about Nokia Security Solutions and the Threat Intelligence Lab, go to nokia.com backslash security. I want to thank you for joining us today on this podcast and have a great day.